and welcome to the Revitalfest podcast, your gateway to the ultimate celebration of well-being and vitality. My name is Karen Thompson and I'm your host and I'm thrilled to take you on a journey that aims to educate, excite and energize. Today's guest is one of my favorite people in the whole world and that is Ben Azadi. So in 2008, Ben Azadi went through a personal health transformation of shedding 80 pounds of pure fat. Ever since then, he has been on a mission to help one billion people live a healthier lifestyle. He's the author of four best-selling books, including the latest, Keto Flex, and he has been the go-to source for intermittent fasting and ketogenic diet since 2013. He is known as the health protector because he investigates dysfunction and he educates, not medicates, to bring the body back to normal function. He's the founder of Keto Camp, a global brand bringing awareness to ancient healing strategies such as the keto diet and fasting. He is the host of a top 15 podcast called the Keto Camp Podcast, which won Keto Podcast of the Year 2022 at the Metabolic Health Summit. Ben is a keynote speaker who most recently delivered a keynote lecture for KetoCon 2023, and he has been featured in Forbes, LA Weekly, Disrupt Magazine, New York Times Magazine, LA Entertainment Weekly, and so many other places. I cannot wait for you to hear this magical conversation that I had with Ben. Thank you for the introduction. Thank you for having me. I love what you're doing too, Karen. It's a, this collaboration has been a long time coming, so I'm so grateful long time. manifested it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I, I grew up here in America, and I ate a standard American diet, and that's a very highly processed, toxic Franken-food diet, and I didn't know any better growing up. My parents did the best they can with their resources and their awareness. And my mom actually worked at a fast food restaurant, two of them, when I was a kid, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So she would bring me home, Karen, Kentucky Fried Chicken pretty much every night. You know, the only nights that she didn't bring me home Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I used to be upset about it, is because she told me they only changed the oil once every about 14 days. So when it got to day 10 through day 14, the oil was so black, she decided not to bring home that food. But when they changed the oil, then she would bring, isn't that crazy? Wow. That is crazy. And it's, it's, it's canola oil being refried and refried. It's just awful. So, I mean, she didn't know any better me neither. Right. At that time. So I I ate the bad food and I had a really bad environment and I I really believe you become your environment. And my environment was toxic. I hung, hung around the wrong crowd. So, you know, of course I was very unhealthy physically, Karen, unhealthy mentally, I was physically obese, mentally obese. And as an adult now, all of those bad habits transferred because I never made any change. And your habits compound over time, good or bad. And I had a lot of bad habits that compounded into me being 23 years old back in 2008, 250 pounds and ready to give up on life, looking for ways to end my life, hurting all the time, exploring suicide multiple times. And Every time I I explored suicide, Karen, the first thought was, what would your mom have to deal with if you took your life? Like, what would your mom have to deal with? And I didn't want to do that to my mom. She sacrificed so much growing up. She's to this day, like the most unselfish person I've ever met. So that was the only thing that stopped me back then from taking my life was thinking about my mom and I didn't want her to be sad. So um, I knew I had to figure things out. Uh, At this point, I was 23, 24 years old didn't understand anything about nutrition or fitness. I didn't have any goals other than video game scores. And I started to read books and you could see behind me, there's a lot of books behind me, but back then I never read one book in my life. So I I didn't, I just read the bare minimum in school just to graduate. 
So a friend of mine, my best friend, handed me a book, Karen. He said, read this book. I think it'll it'll help you out with what you're dealing with. And it was a great book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And that book, it, it's not like that's the one book that everybody should read and it's going to change your life. But it was the first book that opened up a door to other books. And that one book taught me about my daily habits and how that compounds over time, good or bad. So I started to understand that. But that one book led to other incredible authors that changed my life, like Dr. Wayne Dyer, Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, oh. these incredible people that just opened up a whole new world to me. And I could tell you like them, you love them too. Not you're gonna- fair. <laughs> um, and I remember studying Wayne Dyer back then, and he said a lot of brilliant things, but a couple of things that stood out back then was he said, if other people were the cause of your problems, you would have to hire a psychiatrist for the rest of the world in order for you to get better. And I thought, damn, that is so true. I'm, I'm wow. blaming all these people for my problems and there's no way I'm going to hire a psychiatrist for them. I'm the problem. And I'm also the only solution, which is the good news. And then he also said, when you squeeze an orange, what comes out is orange juice, obviously, because that's what's inside. When life squeezes you, what comes out is what's inside. It's your thoughts, it's your feelings. So when I was going through these challenges, what was coming out was hatefulness, anger, suicidal thoughts, because that's what was manifesting inside of me. But when I changed my thoughts, when life applied pressure, what came out of me was, okay, where's the opportunity to grow here? It's, what, it's what's inside that matter. So I started to understand all these things because of the books. And I, I transformed my health. Uh, I lost 80 pounds in nine months. I went from 34% body fat to 6% body fat, complete physical transformation, but mo- most importantly, a mental transformation. And that was about 14, 15 years ago, as you mentioned. And that's what got me started in the health space. And I'm actually blown away because I honestly thought you were going to be like, well, I found the keto diet and you know what I mean? Like just ate like 70% fat and like that's what <laughs> I mean. And here you literally have thrown such a curveball to me into something that I truly believe is at the core of any change and making any change happen. And that is the power of our thoughts and how our thoughts shape our feelings and our feelings shape our reality. And so when you mentioned these guys, these guys that I'm completely obsessed with, like, wow, I, that is absolutely incredible. Okay, so I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. You started with these sure. guys, Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, like the other people, like uh, Bob Proctor, like all oh, guys that I absolutely love. Who are you reading now? Or who are you studying uh, now? You can see behind me. Bob Proctor. Every day I study oh, Bob Proctor. <laughs> I love you do you do the meditations and the uh, and the visualizations? I do Tony Robbins um, priming routine with the visualization, but I study a little bit of Bob Proctor every single day. Uh, him and Wayne Dyer every day. I'm an Audible or whatever it is. So they're always my go-to. Um, a few years ago, Karen, 2015, I thought it would be cool to read 30 books in 30 days, and wow. that was the goal. But I got, I didn't do 30 books. It was, it was hard to do. I did 23 in 30 days. So it was pretty good, but Phenomenal. it sounds cool. And it was pretty cool to accomplish that. But here's the problem. I read 23 books from 23 different authors and I learned a lesson. It's better to go deep on maybe two or three authors than to go wide on a whole bunch of other authors because it's going to be so conflicting. So for me, I just reread and re-listen to Bob Proctor and Wayne Dyer and Tony Robbins and Bob Proctor. It's like every single day. I just want to go deep with them. And that's all I really need, honestly. And there's other books out there that I might 
you know, dabble in with, but it's Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, and Wayne Dyer for me. What about you? <laughs> I love that. Well, right now it's very much Joe Dispenza. I kind of have to stick yeah, with one. You know, I have to stick with one and just really go for it. And um, he, you know, I was never very fond of Joe Dispenza. I have to be honest. I was like, you know, he's a chiropractor and he's a little bit out there. And people are like, you have to read Becoming Supernatural. And I was like, okay. And I read it. It didn't resonate with me maybe like four or five years ago. And then some things happened in my life a couple of months ago that turned my world upside down to the point where I was like, I have no choice but to go deep into something right now. And I had some friends reach out and three or four people separately said to me, read Becoming Supernatural by George Spencer. I was like, okay, this is the universe telling me I need to go into this. And so I'm in it right now and I'm doing his morning and his evening meditations and it's changed my life. I mean, by no means is life easy right now. It's still so challenging and it's so raw and it's so scary. And we can dig into this another time because it's not about me. But, um, you know, I think I want to circle back to you and this concept. And this is the first time I have ever heard this mental obesity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mind is literally blown. You know that emoji with the brain that's like, like coming <laughs> that's, out? That's like that's what right I'm now. feeling right now. <laughs> Can you unpack this for me? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. And you know, the opposite of that is the mental six pack, right? And that's what we all should achieve. Not a physical six pack, but a mental six pack. That's the goal. Uh, you know, when we think about obesity as, as in the physical sense, um, uh, in America, I don't know how it is in your country, but in America, We've got a big problem with with obesity. Uh, Harvard put out a study a couple of months, a couple of years ago, an article showing projecting that in the, by the year 2030, about 50% of American adults will be obese. Not just overweight, but obese. It's half the population. And there's a lot of different thoughts towards obesity. Is it because people are eating too much and not moving enough? They're too sedentary. Maybe it's a toxicity issue. There's a lot of different thought process. I think it's not really about what the person is eating. I think it's about what's eating them. I think it's about their toxic thoughts. I think it's about a lack of purpose. And when you don't have a, a, a goal that you're striving for, you're going to fill that void with toxic uh, habits. And this reminds me of Robert Heinlein, one of my all-time favorite quotes. You're going to love this one, Karen. Robert Heinlein said, in the absence of clearly defined goals, we become, we become strangely loyal to performing daily trivia until ultimately we become enslaved by it. Daily trivia, because we oh, lack gosh. goals, is the number one cause, I think, of obesity and this dysfunctioning body that we see out there. So the mental six-pack is understanding that, like you said, your thoughts become things. And if you have 60,000 thoughts per day, which the average person does, and Dr. Bruce Lipton has proven your thoughts have the ability to communicate with your DNA to produce a protein. That means we have 60,000 opportunities every day to put the body in either an inflammatory state or an anti-inflammatory state. So either you're going to have a mental obesity problem or a mental six-pack um, thriving uh, solution. So for me, it's, it's what's going on on the inside. I know you could agree because you already shared that. It's, it's everything. I think it's 95% of the equation is what's going on inside versus all the external stuff. Oh man, I absolutely love this. I feel like this is just mind blowing. And I've heard a lot of your videos and I, I follow you on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. And 
I mean, you talk a ton of sense, but I've never heard this. And I wonder if maybe it's just because I wasn't ready to hear it, you know, for it to come up. But I think this is the key. And, you know, Ben, especially now, I have two boys, two teenage boys, um, and not to share too much about them, but because I like to keep that side of my life very private, but I feel that our kids are suffering post-COVID, you know, just in general in the society. And we live in the United States now with this lack of purpose, with this lack of Mm. like goals and with this lack of just direction. So this concept of mental obesity and this mental six pack, I think can translate so beautifully to a younger generation where it makes so much more sense, right? For them to strive to this. How do you work with um, younger people at all? Not so much. I have, I have an, I have a keto camp Academy and there's some young people in there, but you know, to your point, the younger generation is key because that's that's our future and what happened the last three years it's like the opposite of the direction we want to go down so with your teenage boys i don't have kids yet but me and my fiance we plan on having kids it's like the thought of you know just what's happening in the world is it's 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 scary right and it's the opposite of the the direction that things should be you know so to give you an example when i lacked goals when i was not clearly clearly defined on my goals I had a lot of addictive behaviors to sugar and alcohol and toxic people in my life. I had a really a lot of destructive behaviors because I wasn't clear on my goals. This is in my teenage years, early 20s. Once I got clear on my goals, then I just transferred all the energy I was putting into my addictions into my goals. And it turned into a superpower for me. So when we think yeah. about like sugar addiction, and you talk a lot about this. Yeah it can be a superpower as long as we harness it towards the right direction, right? So I got clear on my goals and now it's a superpower for me where I study all the time, I create content and I love what I do. And I'm so committed because I have all this energy that I was using on bad behaviors. Now I'm using on good things. So for your kids and for you know, all the children out there in the world, it's so important for them to identify what is important to them. The Greeks call it uh, your telos, which is a higher aim. And the cool thing about a higher aim in your telos is that it's unique to that person. Um, Somebody could want to be the the greatest mom in the world, and that is their highest value. And that is a a worthy ideal. It's a beautiful ideal. And you could just be the best mom in the world, which is amazing as long as you're striving towards that goal. Or it could be being the best podcaster or the best keto educator or whatever it is. But once you're clear on that goal, as long as you're closing the gap, I believe you're going to be happier and healthier and successful, and it's contributing towards a positive world, not towards what we've seen in the last three years. Oh my gosh. I'm so freaking impressed with you and this message that you're sharing today. <laughs> yeah. It's really like, I'm kind of caught me off guard in a really wonderful way. I have to tell you, like, <laughs> it's really magnificent. I love the simplicity of it. I love just how real it is and how it gets back to what the truth is. You know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, working with sugar addiction and obese patients, inpatient in South Africa for a very long time. It was never really about the food. It was never really about the substances. Sure, it has those physiological responses, but it was about finding out what is eating you. Mm. You know, why are like what is eating you? But okay, my next question is very much related to what we are going to be talking about. And it's a question that's kind of simple, but also super complex. And everyone has a different answer. And this is what I'm setting out to answer through this podcast. And that is what is health? Like, how do you define health? It's a really important question and a tough one at that. Yeah. It's a great, great question. 
Uh, my answer is not going to be short. <laughs> it's a, Great, go okay. for it. <laughs> I would define health as as perfect health, uh, meaning I strongly believe in God. But if anybody gets offended by that, you could substitute that word for Mother Nature, love, the universe, whatever it is. I believe God created the human body to be self healing and to thrive, not to survive. So when we think about symptoms and disease, we've been brainwashed to believe that symptoms and diseases and diagnoses are evil and we should hate them. We should put a bandaid on them when in fact, they're actually beautiful gifts from God, beautiful gifts from the innate intelligence showing us that we did something to put the body out of homeostasis. We created this interference and the body's going to show you a symptom or 20 symptoms to align you back where you need to be. It's the body's check engine light. And thank God we have this system. Otherwise we would essentially be driving blind and we just uh, you know, die essentially like without even knowing, without a, a warning sign. So perfect health, the question of health is waking up with amazing energy levels, being able to focus, being able to do what you love to do, and you are symptom-free. There's no brain fog. There's no uh, extra 30 pounds of weight because it's not a weight problem. It's a weight symptom, right? There's no symptoms going on. You are symptom-free. The check engine light is turned off and you are living your life. You don't have to even think about any of the symptoms you were dealing with before, that is my ideal, uh, my picture of perfect health is to be symptom-free and to wake up with peak energy levels and to live on purpose with your purpose. And that might mean you live to 100, 120. It's not really about the quantity as it is the quality, but if we could merge both, that would be a perfect health situation for me. Oh, I love that. I love that so much because it, it focuses on purpose. It focuses on like the physical component and it just brings it all together. And I love what you said about the universe and God and bringing that sense into life because I think it is so important and something that we don't speak about often enough. Um, so in your opinion, what are the biggest misconceptions or myths surrounding health, nutrition, fitness that need to be debunked? Ooh, that's another good question, Karen. <laughs> Controversial one. Right? Go for it. I'm going to surprise you again, okay? Okay, I'm so excited. I love keto. I think keto is an incredible ancient healing strategy. It's a metabolic process. I don't view it as a diet. I view it as, view it as a metabolic process. However, when we think about diets, whether it's a keto diet, a carnivore diet, a vegan diet, a paleo diet, I think all diets work, just not long-term meaning I don't think we should stick with any diet long-term. I, I believe it's all about metabolic flexibility. It's maybe have some days where you're in ketosis and have some days where you flex out, which is what I teach, keto flexing. So I, I, I think health over dogma is important. And where we get into trouble is where we put ourselves into a box and say, you know, I'm keto and I'm always keto. And I don't think we should do that. I'm carnivore and we're always carnivore. I don't think we should do that. Our ancestors always varied their foods based off of season and availability. I think we should do the same thing. So I want to throw that out there as something that has been a big mis misnomer when it comes to, especially the keto space, that we should do keto forever. I don't essentially agree to that. Uh, number two, another thing that I want to debunk is a lot of people teach still to this day that if you want to lose weight, you just have to eat less and move more. And while mm -hmm. there is a valid point to calories, calories... Uh, matter. I am not saying they don't matter. I don't think they're as important as we have been led to believe. I think it's more important than calories, hormones, and the way those hormones communicate with your cells. So inflammation. So I think calorie counting and fo focusing too much on calories is a big distraction. I used to do it for many years. 
I think we should focus more on hormones and cell inflammation. So those are two big ones right there. And then I'll throw in one more. Um, a big thing out there uh, that I teach is avoiding uh, vegetable oils, seed oils, and what, what that does to create inflammation. I, <laughs> I see you, you're agreeing with me. I, I think, big time. Yeah, I think they're even more inflammatory than, than sugar and, and even some say smoking. I remember when I, when I interviewed Dr. Kay Shanahan, who wrote, who wrote the book Deep Nutrition, yeah. She said they're worse than smoking cigarettes and sugar because they stick around longer. And it's estimated the half-life of linoleic acid is about 680 days. So I think one of the best things we can do is to avoid those hits, the seed oil hits that we take all the time when we're at restaurants. Something that I do, Karen, that used to drive my fiance crazy, but now she's come around to my side, is at restaurants. I used to always, and I still do, I ask the server, what oil do you use to cook your yeah. food in? And they're always going to say like a canola or a soybean or some sort of vegetable oil blend. I always tell them I'm allergic and I always tell my students to do the same thing. But here's the thing. I, I've, I've taken it a step farther because I tell my students to say the same thing that they're allergic, but they, uh -huh. for whatever reason, they feel awkward or they, they feel embarrassed. They don't do it. So I created this, which you can't really see, but it's called a seed oil allergy card. And nice. it says, I'm allergic to these oils. Please don't use them. Instead, use these healthier alternatives. And I have my students just show this to the server. Uh, and anybody could get this for free. It's at seedoilcard.com. It's a free download. Perfect. I love that. That is so freaking cool. Okay. Take me through what a day in your life looks like when it comes to like what you consume mentally and physically. You know what I mean? Like food, thoughts, yeah, education. I want to hear it. Absolutely. I would, I would be happy to. The, uh, I protect my first hour, hour and a half when I wake up. I think that's the most important time to protect the first 90 minutes when you wake up. And then the 90 minutes before bed are really, really crucial. The subconscious mind, Dr. Joe teaches this, right? The subconscious mind is highly impressionable during those times. So that's a good time to get in your meditation, to get in your affirmations, to get into your yeah. gratitude journaling. So I uh, am big on gratitude, Karen. Um, I call it vitamin G. Uh, I have t-shirts oh. that... Let's say vitamin G gratitude. I think it's, it's so important. It's changed my life. So first thing I do is gratitude. I haven't missed a day in, in years. I have just, I have notebooks stacked on notebooks. It just filled with gratitude. <laughs> I, I keep them all because it's a reminder of all the things I appreciate. And I really believe like when you focus on what you appreciate, it appreciates and expands and you get more things to appreciate. So gratitude, goal setting is first thing I do. And then I walk my dog uh, as the sun rises here in Miami with my fiance. So I get some morning sunshine and we're both doing affirmations in our head as we walk. So it's kind of like a walking meditation sort of thing. And then I get back and I do my red light. I make my coffee. I, I, I listen to Bob Proctor, Wayne Dyer, et cetera. And so it's an hour and a half every morning. And then I start my day and come into my office and turn on the computer, et cetera. And then I'll fast until... 12 or one, uh, break my fast. I, I do really good with more carnivore ish meals, although I'm not always carnivore. And then mm -hmm. I close my eating window by like 6 PM and I'll fast until the next day. And I go to bed usually around 9 30 PM. That's amazing. I wish we could. Um, well, I'm excited that you and your fiance are going to have kids because honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like you guys are such beautiful humans. And I've seen pictures of her and I saw your engagement and congratulations on that. I know it's a while ago now, Thank but um, how, how incredibly exciting are those, you know, it sounds similar to my day for sure. And yeah. um, so I really appreciate that. 
um, it, it definitely, I know that when I get out of that rhythm and it's so easy to stop doing those meditations and, and things that so much changes for me. So um, I think that's absolutely beautiful. So what aspects of health do you believe are essential? And we've gone through this, but I just want you to like tone it, like just bring it down to maybe points. Um, which aspects of health do you believe are truly essential for a, a perfect state of health? Yeah, another great question, Karen. Uh, your environment uh, is the most important thing because arguably it starts with the environment because your environment determines your habits. Then your habits determine your results and then your results, of course, determine whether you're healthy or not. So it starts with your environment. So I, I, would, I would say the most important thing is to do a, an audit on your environment and put people in your life into two different categories, people that are charging you up and supporting you and rooting for you. It might be a small list, beware. Yeah. And then put people on a different category that they're draining you. They're complaining, they're gossiping, they're telling you, why do you want to do all this? And you feel drained after you speak to them, put them on a, on a list. And then you identify who are the chargers, who are the drainers, and you just want to spend more time with the chargers. As you do that, it'll change your thoughts. Your thoughts will change your actions, your actions will change your results. So it starts with your environment. I really believe you got to protect your environment, whether that means you stop watching the news every day, which is, which is essentially like fear porn. It's keeping people in fear 24 seven, or maybe that means spending less time with people that you spend time with now because they're gossiping or they're, they have inflammatory thoughts that rub off on you and then you have inflammatory thoughts, but your environment is, is key here because it's going to be very difficult to change your thoughts and change your habits and your results. If you're not changing your environment, very, very difficult to do. It reminds me of the crabs in a bucket story. When you put 50 crabs in a bucket and there's no lid on that bucket, let's say you leave those crabs overnight, come back the next morning, you look into the bucket, all 50 crabs are still there. And you're wondering, why did they not escape? There was no lid. They tried. A few of them tried to escape, but every, tr every time a crab tried to break free, the other crabs would see it, claw at that crab and drag it back down. No crabs would escape. These are called, this is true. This is what crabs do to each other. You could leave them there without a lid. And we have people in our lives that are crabs Stop. in a bucket that are not letting us break free. That is incredible. And I love what you said about making those lists and realizing that that list, the list of people truly supporting you and wanting you to thrive and succeed is going to be incredibly small. Mm -hmm. And that to me in my life, I think has been one of the hardest things because I can be so naive because I really truly have a huge heart and I really truly want everyone to be successful. And I will do just about anything to help people be successful, but not everyone shares our heart, right? And so to realize that that is not the case and to really take a long, hard look at who we surround ourselves with is so, so important. What else do you have? I love me? that. You what know, else you're is important? You're definitely a charger. I can tell you that. You've got an amazing energy. <laughs> I feel energized talking to you. It's like you could feel your energy. It's, it's definitely, I, I feel it vibrating from you. So you're definitely a charger. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so are you. I'm like, I just want more of him. <laughs> I, I love it. It's a great conversation. Um, yeah. Another thing I would add to it is it's also recovery time, right? Restorative time. That means sleep and sleep is not sexy to talk about, but it's, it's mandatory. We need to sleep. 
and a lot of people, unfortunately, are not getting quality sleep. They're not tracking their sleep. They have no idea. But when you get quality sleep, enough deep sleep and REM sleep, and you're getting this restorative time every night, you're going to be charged up every day. You're going to have amazing energy levels. You're going to be able to do the things you need to do that you want to do to accomplish your goals. But if you're not getting quality sleep, you're going to have higher levels of cortisol, higher levels of blood sugar. You're going to have higher levels of the hunger hormone ghrelin, lower levels of the satiety hormone leptin, like all bad things. And I was reading a study from University of Chicago that showed in healthy men, after seven days of um, sleeping five hours or less, they had blood sugar levels of those who were pre-diabetic just from poor sleep. In seven days in healthy men, because of what it does to just destroy our hormone health and raise cortisol and glucose follows cortisol. So sleep is going to be important. And the cool thing about this day and age that we live in, we have like, I have the aura ring, we have the whoop, the whoop band, and we can kind of biohack our sleep, meaning you don't necessarily have to sleep for eight hours. You could sleep for five hours, as long as let's say two hours is deep, two hours is REM sleep, like you should feel great. And there's ways to gauge that and biohack that. So there's some cool things we can do there, but sleep is, is fundamental. I believe it. I love sleep. I always have loved sleep. I know that I cannot function with sleep. I prioritize sleep. So I, it's just one of those things that's just always been such a, that's why it was so hard having a baby who didn't sleep. And I was just like, what has happened to my life? It feels like a hurricane has hit it. Anyway. Uh-oh. I'd be expecting oh, no, that. <laughs> well, oh, yes, yes. But I will come over and be your night nurse for a bit. Thank you. Um, okay. Tell me everything about Keto Camp and tell me about the programs that you offer and like, the concept that you focus on and the principles involved because you are highly principled. You have so much to offer people. I want to join KetoGamp right now in this very second because I just feel like it will improve my life in so many ways, but tell me about it. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate, I appreciate those words. Uh, yeah, KetoCamp is my company, right? And, and our mission is to educate and to inspire 1 billion people. You mentioned earlier, it's a big mission Beautiful. and that's our worthy ideal. And as long as we're closing the gap between where we are now and that goal, I consider us to be successful. And I believe that that's, that is the goal. Um, so we do that through podcasts. You're coming on my KetoCamp podcast very soon, which so excited. it's been a long time coming. So we have our podcast, our, our social media. I have my book, uh, Keto Flex, and a few other books that I've written. I have my academy, but you know, to, to your point, like you said, a lot of people, let's say they come into my programs or they get into my work and they come for keto usually because my company's keto camp. And I love yeah. to talk a lot about that in a non-dogmatic way, but they soon discover that it's so much more. Uh, we talk about the mindset. We talk about uh, frequency and being frequent with the things that you do. I always say frequency creates the genius in whatever that you do. So I talk a lot about the mindset and it's a whole like, oh my gosh, I had no idea I was going to learn the mindset stuff, but it is imperative to learn the mindset stuff and build that foundation. So we teach that. I sprinkle it into all my work. Uh, I love talking about mindset probably more than I love talking about keto. I, I might write a book about it one day soon. So yeah, it's all about that. Any way we could reach people, uh, that is the mission to get it out there. Absolutely beautiful. And just an ending, where can everyone find you? My website has everything. Uh, benazadi.com. You can find all of the resources there. Perfect. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited for us to have our next interview for the festival. Um, I think it's going to be fantastic, especially based on today's interview. You are such a bright light in the space. I am 
blown away by everything that you do. I have no doubt that you're going to reach your mission of changing a billion lives. And I'm just so excited to be here and watch your journey unfold. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for our collaboration. Your upcoming summit is going to be amazing. So let's continue collaborating and changing lives. Wonderful. Okay. Ben, oh my God, you're phenomenal. <laughs> dude. Seriously. Thank I love you your energy. So much. <laughs> I love your energy. I think it's, we played really well. Um, feeding you know, off like each it other. just, it was great. I was so, you know, I've been following you for a long time and it's so weird that I've never stumbled across the mindset stuff and maybe I just wasn't ready to hear it, but wow. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so glad we're on the same page. I could tell you do the, you know, you do the work as well. I, yeah. I, I sprinkle it in all my lectures. I, I sprinkle it in there. It's not the majority of what I teach yet right now, as of right now, but it's definitely sprinkled in there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a surprise to a lot of people. Do you think, um, for the, the summit interview, we could focus on mindset? I would love instead. that. I w and, or you do a workshop. I don't know which one you would prefer. Um, there's an option to do a workshop or we can in do an interview. Um, do you want to think about it and, and let me know what you think would serve you best? So when you say workshop, do you mean to present with like slides? Is that what you mean? Um, yeah. And to help people get, go through a process of like, you know, maybe they're sitting there and like, how do you, how do you understand your purpose? How do you connect with yourself? Like what, you know, what are the questions that you could be asking yourself in order to get to that point? Yeah. I love that idea. I have, I could put, I, I have some things I could put together for that. Um, let's do that. And we could focus it on mindset and then we could talk about what that does first of all, to heal the body and then some practical ways to fix the mindset, fix the thoughts and get your body in this anti-inflammatory state. I would love that. You know, it's one of those moments right now that it, it, at the end of George Spencer's meditation, he says, and if you made contact with the divine, may there be a sign and today this conversation made me feel that this is co making contact with the design divine and that this is a sign because wow. honestly you've warmed my heart it's it's been such a privilege being on here with you i, I on i'm just speechless thank wow. you no i, I received that <laughs> thank you Thank you for joining another episode it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to the podcast and left a review also, our podcast is all about promoting the upcoming 2023 virtual festival, RevitaFest, an extraordinary blend of health conference and music festival. Our vision is so simple. We want RevitaFest to become the top global health festival, exceeding all others in size and fun. In 2023, we are bringing together leading healthcare professionals, scientists, researchers, and visionaries from around the world to share captivating lectures, interviews, discussions, and workshops. Through this immersive virtual experience, you will gain cutting edge knowledge, discover breakthroughs and transform your health and well-being, all while having so much fun exploring and celebrating health with us. So are you ready to be a part of this extraordinary journey? Stay tuned to the RevitaFest podcast, where we'll keep you in the loop about this event. And also remember, your health is your greatest asset. And by prioritizing it, you can unlock the full potential of your well-being. To secure your spot at the upcoming RevitaFest virtual event, please visit revitafest.com, book your ticket, and join us in the celebration and exploration of health.